You are the greatest among the great. You are our king. Our Lord. Our Savior. Show up this morning and our lives will never be the same. Use me as a vessel of honor to bless your people. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray with thanksgiving and all the saints said, May we be seated in the house of God. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. All the time. The Lord is good. All the time. Let's quickly turn our Bible to Numbers. 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 number 1 to 8. Then we will also read verse number 55. Verse number 54 to 56. I'm reading from the New King James. These are the journeys of the children of Israel who went out of the land of Egypt by their armies under the hand of Moses and Aaron. Now Moses, now Moses wrote down the starting point of their journeys at the command of the Lord. And these are their journeys according to their starting point. They departed from Ramses in the first month, on the 15th of the first month, on the day after the Passover, the children of Israel went out with boldness in the sight of all the Egyptians. For the Egyptians were burying all their firstborn, whom the Lord had killed among them. Also, also on their gods, the Lord had executed judgment. Then the children of Israel moved from Ramses and camped at Sekoth. They departed from Sekoth and camped at Etham, which is on the edge of the wilderness. They moved from Etham and turned back to Peharoth, which is east of Belsiphon, and they camped near Melzoth. They departed from Hararoth and passed through the midst of the sea 
into the wilderness and went three days journey into the wilderness of Etham and camped at Mara. Now let's turn to 54 to 56. I read. And you shall divide the land by lot as an inheritance among your families. To the larger you shall give a larger inheritance, and to the smaller you shall give a smaller inheritance. There everyone's inheritance shall be whatever falls to him by lot. You shall inherit according to the tribes of your fathers. But if you do not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall be that those whom you left remain shall be irritants in your eyes and thorns in your sides, and they shall harass you in the land where you dwell. 56. Moreover, it shall be that I will do to you as I thought to do to them. Are you here with me? Now this morning, I want to talk to you about what I've called the journey. Tell somebody the journey. The journey. I believe it, you can say, from Ramses to the plains of Moab. Now let's practice it. From Ramses to the plains of Moab. It's very important we get this concept. You see, between 33 verse 1 to 56, God does something beautiful. He commanded Moses to write verse 2. Now Moses wrote down the starting points of their journeys at the command of God. Now, you need to understand that Moses is the writer of the first five books. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. So you assume that God will take for granted the idea that Moses is the one writing. But here, God himself, not suggested, not informed, but used a military word, command. In other words, what I want you to do, you have no option. I'm not giving you the opportunity to use your discretion. To command actually means to dictate. You shouldn't allow any negligence to come in. And one of the things I've come to realize about this God is that he's a master planner. Hello? You see, life, most of us, we are so interested in where we are going more than how we will get there. But God said the problem is not where we are going because you will get there. 
that. Did I hear an amen? I said you will get there. Why? Because he has promised. The psalmist said he has promised he will never fail. His faithfulness is forevermore. And his faithfulness is not premised on us. Why? Because at times we are like a shifting reed. God promised Abraham and vow upon himself. Why? Because Abraham was a variable factor. But God is the only constant factor. So God said that my integrity is so much at stake that I'm not going to take chances on you. It is all by me. Hallelujah. So we, I know that when it comes to the journey, you will get there. Now, I want you to look at somebody and tell the person if he has ever promised you. Know of a truth that his promises will come to pass. Now, why am I so sure? Because the Bible said he knows the plans he has for us. They are plans of good. Not of evil to bring us to an expected end. That expectation is not your expectation, but his expectation. And this is so much important to him that he always finishes before he starts. But why then will God tell Moses to write Jot? Why? Because he knew that the children of Israel would take for granted their journey. Because along the journey, at times, it seems that you are moving forward only to find yourself coming back. So, the reason why God asked Moses to write it down is for us. It's for the generation after them. That they will learn lessons of life along the journey. So that when people come to understand that, listen, what God has promised concerning you will come to pass. But let's be chip in 54, which we will get somewhere by the close of the month. He said that when you get there to that land, share it among yourself. How? Through laws. Casting of laws. Casting of laws may have a, uh, a lack connotation or a bit of unpredictability, but it's not so. It is a way in the olden days and even in the New Testament where divinity allowed humanity to get into its mind. So to us, it may be a chance, it just happened, but to God, he already predestined it. Casting of blood may be prophetic, but then how will the how will we share the land? It's based on your capacity. He said to the biggest tribe, give them a big land. In other words, when God finally gets you there, what determines what you get is what you are able to handle. Your capacity determines what you get. In other words, if you have not stretched yourself, if you had not, you have not man, you know, put value in yourself. If you have not trained yourself to manage substantial wealth, you will get small stuff. 
so you see human beings have the tendency of overlooking our shoulders and looking into what God is dealing with others. But we don't know that God is not capricious. God is not wasteful. God will never give you what you cannot manage. So he's telling us that the way he shared the land is based on numbers. Is based on our capacity. Hallelujah. Now, two. You will not find a barren land. There will be people occupying your spot. To every promised land, there is a giant. You see, some of us, we are too, I I don't want to use the word meek, because meek is a good word. We are too, you know, I I don't know whether, which country is, uh, you know, is it, um, they don't have military. They are not combatants. Is it Japan? Japan had one, they disbanded them. Is it Switzerland? Is it Switzerland? What, what, what country do the research? Yeah. A, a, an island of thieves. But the truth of the matter is there is nothing that the Lord has promised you that will come to you without a fight. So when you add capacity, what you do is that you get ready for those occupying your spot. I did not hear an amen. The Bible said the battle is the Lord's. What does it mean? It means that the one who will be giving you the strength is God himself. But you still want to battle. So, in a way, at times it pays to be militaristic. Your posture, your demeanor, Everything about you must tell people that you are ready for the king. Some of us, we are now more Christians than Christ himself. So we keep on losing. Why? Because we don't know that life is not fair. Life will not give you what you deserve. Life only gives you what you fight for. To every job opportunity, there are people aspiring to occupy it. And opportunity, once upon a time, I heard by a great man of God, opportunity never comes to those who are not prepared. Because if you are not prepared, when opportunity comes, you will not even recognize or realize it. Are you here? So we will get there. We need to build our capacity. Why? Because your capacity determines what you get. Secondly, your capacity, you need to build your muscles, your capacity. Why? Because there will be some fighting on the land. Thirdly, don't entertain those who are occupying your land. Finish them. That's what I'm saying, that some of you, you are more Christian than Christ himself. This is not man's word, though. God himself, he said that where I'm taking you, somebody is there. But let me tell you what. When you get there, make sure you eliminate them. 
a great house, there are many vessels. Some are for honor, some are for dishonor. Now that house is not a church. That house is your person, Kabo Shindiria. And the great vessels are your top parties. Some bring you down, some bring you up. Whatever you feed, you energize. So don't feed your weakness. Feed your strength. Be careful of people who point your weakness too much. They make you become weakness conscious. Because the truth of the matter is, you will never be a complete man on this earth. Every man of wisdom knows their strength. They harness it, capitalize on it, and ignore. You cannot keep fighting battles, you will lose. The strongest man may not necessarily be the, the most macho. But the person who is a strategist, like David, the story of David and Goliath. They want me to use sword. They want to embarrass me. How do you give sword and arrow to a, a shepherd? What I'm comfortable with is a stone. So I need to be strategic. I need to come close, but not too close. I need to get you in a hitting distance. Why? Because what have worked for me is my stone and sling. I don't know what Goliath think of me. But if you know what I know, and the level of training I've done, and the kinds of things I've fought, if they know my resume, they will understand that somebody means business. I came here to tell you, those who underestimate you, they do that at their own risk. Because you are a survivor. You should have died long time ago. As a matter of fact, when your mama gave birth to you, most of the time he was, she was depressed. There were many times she wanted to leave you somewhere. Some of you were left. But guess who is still around? You are stronger than you think. Are you here? Now, so along the way, you fight and you eliminate. The writer of Hebrews will write a beautiful piece, Hebrews chapter 11, the greatest chapter, according to me, in the New Testament. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Now who are the elders? He begins to enumerate them. And their eldership was not based on their perfection, because it is the only spot that the righteous and the unrighteous seems to have something common. Somebody like Abraham and a prostitute comes together and they all had good reports. Why? Because of faith. The substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good report. And he goes on to say that without faith it is impossible to please God. That those who believe God, those who come to God must believe that he is. And he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now he continued to say at the end of it. He gets into chapter 12 and he he begins to make this statement. Seeing that we are surrounded by so great crowd of witnesses. Who are the witnesses? 
the prostitute like Rahab, a man like Samson, David, hmm? Abraham, Jacob, Isaac. Since we are surrounded by all these kinds of people, let us lay aside every weight that easily beset us. In other words, let go of things that the enemy has used to occupy you. You see, God says, I know the plans I have for you. They are plans of good, not of evil, to bring you to an expected end. But the enemy will want to tell you you are not good enough. You don't have what it takes. So your ability to conquer that battle, to let go of every fear, to understand that you are not a product of an accident, but you were created by this almighty God, the everlasting Father, the all-knowing God. He has your best interests at heart. And when he created you, he was not making an addition. He was making a unique person out of many. Still distinct to the extent that he codified your finger. Even among twins. But the enemy keeps telling you, you are too ordinary. There is nothing. What makes you think? Look at others. And what makes you think that you will ever get there? They are thoughts that the enemy has implanted. You need to let go. Lay aside. That is what I mean by killing. Because by, by deflation, you don't have competition. Why? Because you are not set in a race to run the same race. You are only running your race. So your competition to somebody may be you. How far do you think you can go? Until you have a lion chasing you, you will think that you don't know how to run. So at times, God allows situations to bring the best in you, not the worst in you. Some of you thought that there are certain things you can never go through. Only to get there and you are saying, is that all? Oh my God. Is that all? Is that all? So what God is saying that when you get to that land, there are some people who have already gone there. They were there at your blind spot. Why? Because the Bible said, in the midnight, whilst I was sleeping, somebody came and planted a seed. I came here to tell you, whatever the enemy has planted in the, a seed in your family, whether sickness, whether infirmity, whether challenges, whether fear, arise and begin to let go. Begin to approve those things. Begin to use the power God has given you. Begin to understand that what brings greatness is not even anything else but your speech. Whenever you decree a thing, it must stand. Why? Because when in the book of Psalm 8, he said, who is man that your mind is full of him? Who is the son of man that you cherish him? You think of him so much. He said, did you not create him a little lower than Elohim? A little lower than yourself. And you place strength on his tongue because of who? The enemy. said, do what? Destroy them. Right? And if you don't, guess what? There will be a tongue on your side and what in your eyes? A distraction. They will blur your vision. They will keep reminding you, who do you think you are? They will keep staring you down. So let go of them. 
don't allow any association that does not embellish you to keep dragging you down. Because the enemy you don't conquer today may be strong enough to conquer you. You need to understand it was David who killed Goliath. But David went to war at his age, at an older age. And the descendants of Goliath nearly killed David. Until they said that, David, you will not go to war again. I came here to tell you that there are some enemies you can stare them down. Because you are at the pinnacle of your strength. But there is whatever goes down up, always come and up going down. And when you are most vulnerable, when you are most weakest, that is when that enemy will come. So you may think that the enemy may be a, a drink, a, a little bit of wine. It's better you handle it. It's better you let go. It's better you avoid than allow the defeat of life to tell you that one bottle is not enough. And before you realize what used to be a social drinker, now become an alcoholic. And it begins to destroy everything. I came here to tell you that that which you are treading, which you think you are in control of, be careful before it begins to control you. Because God has given you the strength to be an overcomer. But overcoming is not only based on strength, but also on strategy. Because everybody have off days. Even the greatest. Even the greatest team. I wish it was Chelsea. But Barcelona, at times, they become ordinary. Even mercy, at times, can be controlled. So, if you want to assess mercy, you assess mercy not by one pipe, by many. But the truth of the matter is, if you don't take care, one fight, one fight will put you out of business. Are you here with me? So, you manage it. God said, if you don't, it will keep on blaring your vision. It will keep on undermining. This is too high. This is too high. This is, uh, who am I? Listen, the life, this world was not changed by specialists. Eh? It was changed by serial failures. Thomas Edison. A failure. Are you here with me? So what makes you think that you cannot dream that big? It's because you've allowed certain things to remain. They become your friends. It makes you human. But today, on the journey of life, you will learn there are certain things you need to fail. And last but not the least, God said, if you don't kill them, guess what? What I thought of doing to them, I will do it to you. So what God is in fact saying is that along the way, don't forget who you are pleasing. It's me. 